going to just continue now. I said it's my second session, but it is the fourth session of the camp. Hallelujah. And after this, Pastor will share as well. So before I go over to the next book, I'm just going to again re-emphasize that we're speaking on the subject of loyalty and disloyalty. And um, last night I said, uh, you know, why loyalty? I'm not going to go deep into it all, but just a quick review, you know, so that um, you might be mobilized also to go to the podcast and not only go to the podcast, because that is one way that we can soak and soak and soak and familiar, uh, familiarize ourselves with the content, but not only the podcast, we have the books available also. So it was a blessing when even Mikhail came to me during the break now and said what he has read and what he, you know, the books that he is reading, even of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills. We mentioned that we're speaking on the, the series and based on Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills' books. You know, um, also when we, God um, blessed us to meet this mighty man of God, it, the very first time we heard him, so many of our people said, oh, Lady Pastor, it is exactly what our pastor is busy teaching and what he has been teaching and what he has been praying over a number of years. And we said, thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much that you connected our man of God with a mighty, another mighty man of God who has all these teachings in books. So we thank God for that. So that is why we have our boot camp, because we are working towards why loyalty, working towards building a mega church for God. Amen. And loyalty meaning faithful and stable and consistent and constant and dependable and reliable, responsible, upright, truthful. We know that repetition is the mother of all learning. So don't worry, I'm not going to go over everything again. I just wanted to refresh us and just remind us to go over your notes again. Amen. So um, also we said last night, loyalty is the principal qualification for every minister. So it's not about our gifts and our talents and how well we can do this or how, you know, good we can do the one thing or the other. But God looks at the heart and God looks at our attitude. And it's all about being faithful. Amen. And I've given you the scriptures also so we have homework so that we can go back and read up and soak and write the word of the Lord on the tablets of our heart. And, and now I just want to share a little bit on those who are dangerous sons. Hallelujah. So th there are some sons in this book, I've also mentioned, listen to the podcast, not alternatively, in addition to this, make sure that you even get to read some of the books. I believe that our youth have started a marvelous ministry when it comes to the library. Amen. And our young people have started 
taking out books. Can I see some of the young people who have started out books already by raising up? Oh, that is powerful. Bless you. That's wonderful. Knowledge is power. Amen. So now we hear that there are some sons. Bishop Dag says in his book, there are some sons who comes out of your spiritual loins. No, he's speaking about the senior pastor. As pastor mentioned, this one person in the dream that I've dreamt of when this apostolic or this prophetic word came, this was actually a son that was formed in our pastor's loins. When he needed counsel, he went to pastor. When he needed advice, he would go to pastor. When he needed advice, when it comes to the spiritual walk, when it comes to relationships or whatever, he could come to pastor. And because of our man of God, he got and he became very successful in the secular world. But the book also says they are in reality the spiritual son of the pastor. But even though they are sons, they can cause great pain. So we must remember that even though we are sons and daughters, we are not exempt. Loyalty today does not mean loyalty tomorrow. So, you know, this snake can bite us and try and bite us anytime. This spirit can attack us anytime. Remember that we need to be on the attack and on the defense as well. It was so powerful when Pastor even spoke and sin, uh, mentioned that the Bible is protected by curses. So we should get our example from this, that we can even put a protection around ourselves, around our church, around our family, around our possessions. It is so important. That is why I mentioned last night it is important for you to know who you are in Christ and the fact that because you mean business with God, that the eyes of the devil, the enemy is upon you. So the fact that you are being attacked should actually be a positive to you. It should show you that you are doing something right also. But what are we going to do? We need to pick up our weapons as pastor so aptly teaches us. Weapons of attack and our weapons of defense. We must pick it up, okay? So as a leader, one must not be surprised if the people you brought up and trained, so it's the same people that you brought up and trained who can teach the word, preach the word. Don't be surprised. If they turn on you like wild tigers, and we have seen it happen. So we should tell ourselves, at FDKC, we have one senior pastor. We don't have, you know, two heads and three heads, because that is demonic, actually. You know, 
So I say when I spoke about how careful the wife of the pastor must be that she don't become familiar because she's one of the, the strongest people who can fall prey to the spirit of familiarity. And especially us as cell group leaders, you know, to pray against the Absalom spirit attacking. So, you know, and to know that Pastor Edgar Michaels is the founder. He is our pastor. He's our senior pastor. He's the angel of this house. Amen. And not think and feel good when people come up and say, you know what? But when you preach and when you teach, I simply love it. You know, just the fact that they're saying, not saying certain things, we need to be parat. We need to be alert. We need to love our church so much that we should be on the lookout for uh, what Bishop Dare calls harangos, those who become disloyal. And the stages is going to give us great insight into that. Amen. So those who are dangerous sons, how can uh, these sons can also carry the spirit of Absalom? I've just mentioned that to you. And such people are truly, truly dangerous sons. And for the sake of the podcast, I want to go through as much as possible. Pastor spoke and he gave us such a beautiful, epic picture of how Absalom came to his end. We must know that the end of all disloyalty is execution. Amen. So I'm not going to elaborate on that. That is why I said when I mention certain things, let our mind get cast to what pastor have preached and taught for us so powerfully. Let's give God praise for a man of God who teaches us so well. Amen. So this Absalom spirit and these sons are dangerous because they are a part of you and me and they will fight you and me, okay? So how can you identify a son who will rise up against you to kill you. Would you like to know? Wow. As usual, the Bible is the best guide for everything. So here are 12 signs of dangerous sons. Uh, I'm going to give you the scriptures also, but I'm not going to go to it. I want to go through these 12 signs of dangerous sons, and then I will go to the next book, Those Who Forget, okay? But here are the 12 signs. A dangerous son is full of unforgiveness. Wow. And you can read up 2 Samuel 13, verse 22 and verse 32. And as usual, the examples are Absalom and Amnon. So a dangerous son is full of unforgiveness. Secondly, a dangerous son attacks their brothers. Wow. Second Samuel 13, 28. A dangerous son attack their brothers. Number three, dangerous sons are not changed by years of hardship and difficulty. What a shock. Dangerous sons are not changed by years of hardship and difficulty. So here we've known also and heard Absalom was in exile for two years. As I've mentioned, there's so much to be said, so much to be explained. But let us, when we listen to the podcast and take these 
scripture readings down. Let us make it our duty and, and let us take effort to really soak ourselves with the word of God. And let us ask God to give us understanding also. Okay? Dangerous sons are not changed by years of hardship and difficulty. Number four, dangerous sons feel they cannot be dismissed. Shoot. Second Samuel 14.32. Number five, you know, and, and I just want to read through it rather because the Holy Spirit is just so amazing because whenever I mention all these dangerous sons, we can actually think of situations and testimonies to tell you. But as I've mentioned, when Pastor taught prophetically this morning and also preached and also gave us great counsel, he gave us such a lot of beautiful testimonies. Amen? So, number five, dangerous sons think they can replace their fathers. Wow! They think they can replace I can preach better, I can teach better, but I tell you what, when, you know, when the situation arises, when pastor sends you out to start a church, or pastor sends you out to go and preach in circumstances that might not be so easy, and then a person realizes, you know what, I thought I'm a good replacement, but I didn't realize what the man of God has to contend with. Amen. So, number six, dangerous sons criticize their fathers. Dangerous sons criticize their fathers. Number seven, dangerous sons influence others against their fathers. You'll find that all in 2 Samuel 15, if you read through it. It really is all about Absalom. Number eight, a dangerous son will steal the hearts of the people from their father. Second Samuel 15 verse 6. Remember I said, you know, a man of God and our pastor have been serving God since he was 16. He's 64 now with amazing spiritual strength, longevity and all of that still. But you know, one man, I said, cannot do it all. He needs marvelous helpers. So may we ask God to give us grace to become marvelous helpers. And there's, you know what? The ball is in our court. We cannot now say that we don't know. We didn't know because we are exposing and we are expelling the venom of disloyalty. And we are looking at what ignorance look like and understanding is coming our way. I solve is being applied by the man of God. Wisdom is coming to us. So we cannot say that we didn't know. So let us, you know, gird our loins with the truth of the word of God. Amen. So I said a dangerous son steal the hearts of the people from their father like Absalom did. Number nine, a dangerous son wants the pleasures and the privileges of his father. Second Samuel 16, you know, many years ago, a lot of times when pastors say, and a person might think, oh, it's arrogant of a man of God to speak in a certain way. But the truth is the truth. And the word of the Lord says, buy truth and do not sell it. Um, and there's certain privileges that a man of God has. 
that sometimes if you're a son and a daughter, you partake of those privileges, hey? But a dangerous son wants the pleasure and the privileges. So many years ago, some of the people who became harangos and became disloyal, we would hear afterwards, they would go to certain people who maybe work at factories or certain service providers, and they would make abuse the fact that they are at our church and they are maybe in the church council and they would abuse that relationship and the privileges that the man of God gave them also and they would get, go to the people around pastors back and source the pleasures and the privileges and the gifts for themselves while pastor himself never even got that so, you know, a lot of other men of God would teach and say, they need to be blessed first before the people can partake of the blessing. But, you know, the heart of an Absalom is, he would even go behind his father's back and, and abuse the others and those in the church. And those who are members would think, oh, but because of this person being pastor's right-hand man, pastor might give his blessing, but he's not even aware of what's going on. So I'm just switching on the light in certain areas. Amen? Number 10, dangerous sons have destructive tendencies. Number 11, dangerous sons are men of conspiracies, secret meetings, and side discussions. 2 Samuel 15 verse 12. And this before I use uh, or, um, mention the last sign of a dangerous son, we were teaching on loyalty and disloyalty. And we taught on the stages of becoming a Judas. And the first stage we know is in being an independent, becoming independent. And this stage really of conspiracies is the party forming stage that I will be sharing still. And you know, one day it came to our attention that after we would have church year, a certain, who we thought was a son back then, would go and visit immediately after church. He would have a meeting in somebody else's house and say things like, don't you think the church was a little bit too long this morning? So that is a typical sign of a person who might become a dangerous son because the problem is nobody else thought that at that time but this person wa was busy forming a party right and conspiring so number 12 dangerous sons lack the ability to induce loyalty in their followers so if a dis loyal person and a dangerous son do not have the ability to induce loyalty in their followers. So we said also dangerous sons are doomed to failure in ministry because they've been castrated. That is a big word. They have been cut off the power to induce loyalty. So the question is, after leading armies of people to kill your own father, 
after conspiring, after forming parties, after doing the work of the devil, really, how can you be established as a father? What a question. What a question it is. Okay, so that is a little bit of what I've shared on those who are dangerous sons. So let us look at the following, those who forget. Those are the sons, you know, those who forget. People who forget are unrighteous. Why do I say that? Who said so? As I've mentioned, the word of the Lord, we get everything out of scripture. So Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unjust. It's fine. I will read it from here. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name. God is not unjust to forget in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. Wow. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. The word of the Lord says, people who forget are unrighteous. But God does not forget. He is not unjust. To forget is unrighteousness. To forget is a sin. And then before I mention a few other things, here um, in Jeremiah 2 verse 32 says, Can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me, days without number. Now, how, what a beautiful picture. When, you know, the topic gets discussed on forgetting those who forget. It's almost unfathomable, fathomable, unfathomable for a bride. You can't fathom it. You can't think that a bride would ever forget her wedding dress? It's unthinkable. Yet, 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 we forget. Wow. And most of the people, we are conscious about the four big sins or the big four sins that is lying, that is stealing. We are conscious of that, that it's a sin. Lying, stealing, fornication, murder. But we do not think of the fact that it is unrighteous to forget. Now, just one passage that I want to read here on page one of the book, Those Who Forget. Very, very powerful nuggets. Here Bishop Dag says, this classic scripture with regards Jeremiah 2.32 on the subject of backsliding shows how a bride will not forget her wedding dress. The wedding dress 
is the most precious thing to a bride. So many brides order their wedding dresses long before their weddings. In this scripture, the absurdity of forgetting God is likened to the possibility that a bride would forget her wedding dress. So it is a sin. It is unjust. When Pastor mentioned, you know, the many a times and what he has, how he has labored, what he has put in, and how he loves everybody. How he, you know, the, when the righteous man smites you, that it is actually a kindness. It is a blessing because God disciplines those he loves. Now people grow up and forget who cared for them, who nurtured them, and who loved them. They even forget who brought them to Christ. Those who raised them in the Lord and those who put them in ministry. Is it possible that people can forget the people who helped them at the important crossroads of their lives? Is it possible? Can they turn around and attack the very people who raised them up? The answer is yes. Yes, they can. They certainly can. It happens all the time. May we not forget to remember. Th that's one of my favorite sayings. It's a paradox. May we not forget to remember. Help me, Lord. Because if people were not, not forgetters, they would not become horangos. They would not become untruthful. They would not become accusers. They would not become, or we, I should say, we would not become dangerous sons. We would not become any of these negativities if we can vaccinate and become and inoculate ourselves with the word of God and fighting the venom of disloyalty and fifthly those who leave you you know why God allows people to leave you actually Bishop Dag speaks about why God allows people to leave you and if I will just take a quick excerpt you know from this book and I will just read and say Certain people, Bishop Dag says here, who were part of my ministry at the beginning are no longer a part of what I do. And we can say, Pastor, hearing me saying that, can say, ditto, meaning it is so. I can agree. You know, perhaps I took some of them, of these people along with me, because I was afraid that I could not without them their presence gave me the reassurance that I would succeed God in his mercy caused some of them to leave me even though I really miss some of them I recognize that God allowed them to leave because it was a mistake in the first place to carry them along 
into my new vision to build the church. Now, you know a pastor has a very large heart. As a matter of fact, I just um, bumped into Sister Anna Clardy that I used to work with, and her husband is Pastor Seth. And we always used to say, Sister Anna used to say, you know, Letitia, Letitia, you know, um, our husbands are the same. They have such a heart of a pastor. And even if my husband can invite the whole church on Christmas Day to come and have lunch with us, he will do so. He will not, he will not think of the family in the first place, but he thinks of the spiritual family. And so the man of God, our pastor, has a heart like that also. That is why he will write you on his, on his breast or on his shoulders he will keep you. He will mention your name. And when he mentioned even when he, his mind, his eyes are focused on you and he calls you up to a standard, it's because of his love and his care for you. But sometimes, as Pastor also mentioned, you know, the pastor even have more faith than God that somebody is going to repent. You, we said when we speak about disloyalty, at any stage, you need to examine yourself and we need to detect that spirit within ourselves and we should be able to repent like we got an opportunity to repent this morning. Amen. After the first session. So those who leave you, it can be painful. It is painful. But, uh, you know, if we become an albatross, as I said, a deadly weight, a heavy weight, it might just be that that person be executed and expelled. But you know what? The heart of any man of God is not to lose a single member within the church. So may we not be loose bricks, but may we become cemented stones in the name of Jesus. So the most painful part of the message of people who leave you are the questions they generate. And when we deal with the stages towards disloyalty, we will share a little bit on that. Because anybody would think, oh my goodness, they're such beautiful people. They're not with Pastor Edgar any longer. But they've been there 10 years. They've been there 15 years. And Pastor said, but you don't know. That is why we need to have that spirit of loyalty, of being truthful, of being honest, of being constant, of being faithful, of being trustworthy. And as Pastor mentioned this morning, if you know the man of God is in right standing and he's making straight paths for his feet and he's truly being called of God and that we don't belong to a dead church, but we are a vibrant church, we strive to be the remnant, we strive to be you know, the minority who are prepared to do what the majority isn't prepared to do. We strive for purity. We strive unto righteousness. Amen. Those should all be triggers to really get us to be cemented as really cornerstones also and pillars in the house of the Lord. So I would like to share on those who pretend, and that is the last book, and then, um, do you think I should tomorrow start with um, the stages? It's just this one. 
I'm not going. Those who are proud is an additional new books that Bishop added to the series. But we will share a little bit on that when we go and deal and cover the stages of disloyalty. Are you feeling that you are being energized? That you are being vaccinated? Amen. Hallelujah. So those who pretend, and I'm going to end off with this. Please take the, the notes down. Take the uh, scripture readings down. But those who pretend, oh, and I'm going to share with you on the spirit of a pretender. What a pretender look like. But before I do that, let me just see if I can mention something. Top, the top pretenders of the Bible was Delilah. Wow. She was a pretender. Now, Delilah pretended to love Samson. She really pretended to love him. She comforted him. She relaxed him and made him lie on her knees. In the end, it was revealed that she was a liar, a deceiver, and a murderer. So pretenders are really disloyal people. And Samson loved Delilah. Wow. Okay, so I don't want to go too much into that. You can get, take out the book and read it. Amen. And then also, secondly, Judas was a pretender. Judas pretended to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. In the end, it was revealed that he was a traitor, deceiver, and murderer. What a picture. Can you imagine Judas, a disciple of Jesus? One of his disciples, one of the men who lived very close with Jesus, who walked with him and who talked with him every single day was in his presence, that Judas actually became a pretender. Because, I mean, the Bible also says Satan entered into the heart of Judas. And then the very infamous person that gets spoken of so often is Absalom. He was also a pretender. There's many more, but I just felt like reading these three that we are mentioning all the time. So Absalom pretended to love his brother when he invited him for a party. In the end, it was revealed that the party was a hoax. His so-called party was just a ploy to kill his brother Amnon because of what the horrific act that his brother did with their sister, you know. But Absalom was a pretender. So we need to fight this spirit even of pretense. It is all evil spirits. Pastor, when Pastor shared, he said, you know, these are the things that we need to focus on as a church, that we need to focus on Jesus, right? And secondly, we need to focus on God's work. 
and not our works, because our works are cheap. Our works consist of wood, hay, and stubble. Straw is cheap. And thirdly, we need to focus on the crowns and rewards and not on strange winds of doctrine. So may God help us to keep our eyes on the main thing, fixed on the main thing. May God help us to hate the spirit of disloyalty, the spirit of becoming like a Judas. And when we detect it in ourselves, that we may deal with it. But for that, it is important for us to have a right heart, a right attitude towards God, towards His work, but very importantly, towards the man of God, who is our spiritual father, who prepares the food. And we know that we don't eat, um, uh, what is it, fast foods here? We eat no, no Nando's and no Kentucky, but we eat, what type of food do we eat? Eat that has food that has been slow cooked, that all the flavors and all the spices and the garlic and all of that, you know, it has been well prepared so that when we eat it, it gives us strong spiritual muscles and we're building beautiful, healthy, white teeth. In conclusion, those who pretend looks like this. The spirit of the pretender, a pretender carries the spirit of an actor. A pretender has a false and fake personality. So you can't keep it up. You know, then you like this, but when we meet each other again, then you're different. A pretender carries the spirit of hypocrisy and disloyalty. A pretender also carries the spirit of espionage, and that means it's a practice of spying. And the modern-day secret service. Isn't it amazing you would ask yourself, how many times have pastors said in the church, any spies here? Anybody who is here, but you really don't want to be here. And, and you know what? And you would think, how does pastor know? But the word of the Lord says that we need to incline our ears to the sayings of the Lord, to the words of the Lord. And because of our man of God, whose ear is close to the mouth of God, that God speaks with him. And without him, literally hearing he hears from god and he speaks into the atmosphere and then two weeks later we hear but okay this one and that one who's been inside have actually been speaking to the harango that does not have anything good to say about us two more a pretender carries the spirit of lies and deception a pretender carries the spirit impending destruction. A pretender carries the spirit of a murderer because almost all pretenders are destroyers and murderers. And I've mentioned those three examples of pretenders, Delilah, Judas, and Absalom. I trust that you have 
enjoyed the session and that we will continue next time. Let's give God some praise. Amen.